0: If you have um, taught a Bible class in the past year, would you raise your hand, here here or elsewhere, I don't care, taught a Bible class in the last year, okay, so quite a bit, um, we thank you so much, what you do here, I mean, everyone says, well, let's take our kids to Bible class, that doesn't happen unless y'all are teaching, we have three KFC classes we have one back there the baby class in here and then the then Jenny's teaching the first through third is that correct um, further on back we have a lot going on um, and that takes a lot of people who are willing to do it who are um, excited about doing it who for a for uh, an hour 45 minutes to 30 minutes some of the time around there they have to decide I'm going to put all my energy into this non-stop. Uh, you just can't take a break with kids. Uh, and so we're just so thankful for them, for y- those of you who volunteer to teach our, our youth, teach our kids, for those of you who teach our adults. That's a, that's a, that's a tough task too. Um, I love preaching way more than I like teaching a Bible class. I like teaching a Bible class, but preaching, um, I've rarely had people just speak up and ask me hard questions. Bible class you're just opening yourself up To people saying well what about this Oh no I'm standing Here still that's a that's a Tough thing to feel so uh, We are just really thankful for you we Devote your time um, throughout the week To preparing and then devote your time here on Sunday To to teach and if you would Like to teach if you'd like um, To to uh, Give it a shot uh, Even if you wouldn't like to teach And you think hey it would be good for me Then Uh Please, please talk to talk to Robbie and talk to me. I'll say here, look there's Robbie. Uh, <laughs> I'll do that. Uh, but uh, have, please, please uh, dive in. It's it's really worth it. it it's worth worth your time. Uh, we are spending the week month of January in the Great Commission. Uh, in February, we will be in, be in the Song of Songs. I'm not joking. Uh, We will be in Song of Songs, uh, Ruth, uh, Ecclesiastes, Lamentations, um, and be jumping through those books, doing a couple sermons out of each of those books, um, and trying to stay away, in Song of Songs especially, trying to stay away from the scriptures that your kids can't hear um which those have, oh by the way i don't know if you were you weren't here if you weren't here last week in our bulletin there's a reading schedule if you if you go through the reading schedule we'll post it on facebook if you go through that reading schedule it's not much Uh week if you read it out loud to your kids it takes 20 minutes at the most maybe 30 um really not that much time spent and then all of a sudden your kids will have read through the bible in a year at at the age of 7 8 9 10 um it's a big Um, it's a big commitment, but it's worth your commitment. Those are in the bulletin. And if um, you're starting out this week, you're going to go through the story of Sodom and Gomorrah with your kids. Good job. Good luck. Um, It's it's better than Numbers 22 in the King James, but just don't look that up right now. (laughs) Brad knew what story that is. Okay. That's Balaam and his donkey. In the King James, it's just a mess of a story because they used the wrong word for donkey. (laughs) We can be real here. Anyway, we're going to be... So last week we talked about how Jesus said that all authority has been given to him. And then he says... Therefore, let's actually read um, the text here, Matthew 28, verse 16. It says, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age. We're, I really want to pay attention to this verse nineteen. Therefore, go and make disciples, and we'll look at this throughout the the next few weeks. This we'll look at baptizing them, teaching them um, what what that means and what it looks like. But the very beginning is therefore go make disciples. Now, sometimes we've turned this into evangelism. And evangelism in my day, or at least whenever I was younger, uh, looked like door knocking. What you would do is you would go up, you would go to a town that wasn't your own, because you can't go door knocking in your own town, because then you'll knock on doors of people you know, and that just gets awkward. Let's do Jesus with strangers. That's what evangelism is. So we're going to knock on the door of somebody up in, out in Pensacola, Florida, because when you go on a spring break mission trip, you want it to have a little spring break in it. You knock on doors of, (laughs) side note, one time I was in Eddie Cloer's office. Eddie Cloer is a a tenured professor at Harding University. He's he's been there a long, long time. I was in his office talking to him, and a girl came in and said, uh, a young lady came in and said, "Um, Mr. Mr. Cloer, I'm going on a spring break mission trip. I was wondering if you would like to contribute to, um, help pay for my spring break mission trip, and he said, "Well, where are you going, sweetheart?" Which I don't think you can call people anymore. And he, she said, "I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, we're going to Hawaii to spread the word." <laughs> and Eddie Glower said, "Oh, don't waste the Lord's money like that." I'm just in there experiencing this. She left. That's all I remember. But we'd go on these spring break mission trips and we'd knock on doors and we would try to tell people about Jesus. And then, and, and people would come. They would come to this gospel meeting that we were having and they would show up and some people would get baptized. But the retention rate, the rate of people who, who said yes to Jesus that day, the people who stayed, uh, kept coming to church, kept in the faith after we left, was so minuscule that it can't even really be measured because over and over again we you show up there's a surge of people who decide you know what yeah I need to turn my life around and then we leave people the the evangelism team leaves and because door knocking in the long run in the long run doesn't work when you knock on doors you are not creating relationships you are not making disciples, you're asking people to make decisions. And that's what we've been doing for a long time and calling it evangelism. We've been asking people, do you we'll say do you want to get baptized? Or do some traditions say do you want to say this prayer? Do you want to get saved? Our, our understanding of scripture is that baptism like here in the as we'll talk about next week, baptism is the starting point of the Christian life. And so we ask people to get baptized, and they might make that decision, but just because they've made a decision doesn't mean we've made disciples. And Jesus doesn't call us to ask people to make decisions. He calls us to make disciples, us, to make disciples. And you know what making disciples does is just, if you just... Boil it down. It's sticking with them. So if they make a decision, when you have somebody who's made a decision, and their decision is, I'm going to follow Jesus, if you abandon them there, you won't make a disciple. But if someone says, I'm going to give my life to Jesus, and you st- Stick with them when you when they say, I'm going to give my life to Jesus. And your response is, I'm going to stick around with that life to see if it's given to Jesus to help you give that life to Jesus. You are making disciples. We are not called to go into the world and just tell them about Jesus. That's not. Evangelism, that's not good news. The good news is not you have, uh, Jesus exists, see you later. It's Jesus exists, and we as a community of people follow him together. You're not alone in this. Making a disciple is taking someone who has made a decision and sticking with them. And there's people that would be really easy to stick with. most of them aren't. Most of them are not easy to stick with. Most people are weird. Aren't they? Most people, not you, are weird. Right? And I'm not sure what other people think about you or me but there's a good chance they think we're weird. You were raised by a different family by a different uh, different like okay, I was thinking as we were singing when the role is called up yonder how that plays if we just had someone who thought who lives in Maine and decides you know what I'm going to go to church in Arkansas today and they just flew here helicopter landed came in and we said The role is called up yonder. They would think we're speaking in tongues. They wouldn't know. They just jumped to another language there. What's a yonder? It's not even a real word. But we we have our abnormalities. We have our things that we do that we don't even realize why we do them or... Like, we'll say, meeting the NPR. And if we don't point at it, people are like, what's an NPR? Is this the military? Why are we abbreviating everything? Like, we have things that are weird about us, and people have stuck with us. I have, people, I have things that were odd about me, and people stuck with me. And the way you make a disciple is you meet somebody who's weird, who's given their life to Jesus, and you stick with them, even though it's hard, even though they make decisions that confound you, that confuse you, that make you think like, what? Why would you do? Why would you do that? When you say, "Do you hear yourself talking?" Have you ever thought that one? if you think that, there's a good chance that you're sitting there listening to somebody who needs you to listen to them. And a lot of times, listening to somebody has nothing to do with understanding what they're saying, because sometimes that's hard. But it's just being there, giving them someone to listen to. Making disciples is this long process in which you sit at tables and eat meals with people who... who did you see him pick that? He picked up corn with his hands. That's weird. No one I've ever met with did that. One time we ate with a the family. They invited us over. We ate with the family. We said what time? What well, they said what time would be good for you? We said six o'clock. And they said okay, come on over at six. We came on came on over. They had already eaten because they eat at five. <laughs> We sat, we sat at a table just by ourselves while she cleaned up and he watched TV and every once in a while in the chair he'd turn around and say hi y'all like it here in town yeah to have a conversation like that you're gonna you're gonna be in situations that are going to be odd that are, but but because you're investing In other people's lives, because you decide, I'm going to enter into someone else's scenario. I'm going to enter into a place that's not comfortable for me. And that's found right here in this verse. Go and make disciples of all nations, all nations. Ethnos is the Greek word for nations. Sometimes it's used to mean the Gentiles, but that's not really what he's getting at here. Uh, Matthew doesn't use that phrase that way, but he's he's saying you're going to go to you're going to go up into the Galatian provinces. You're going to go to Rome. You're going to go to Spain. You're going to go to Egypt. You're going to go you're going to go out east to people that you don't understand. All nations. And all the nations have different points of view. All the nations have weird ways of doing things. I don't know if you've ever been to a country, um, like another country where they have weird food, like Louisiana. And you you hand them, they'll hand you things and you'll say, what is this? And they'll say, you don't want to know, just eat it. It's good. Or ain't good. You know, whatever. However, the Cajuns say it. That they'll ha- like you go to you you go to just some other place, some other an other another place doesn't have to be another country. It just we are so different from each other that we're all these other nations. We're all these other practices. People people in Nashville are very different from people in Dequeen. I grew up in Dequeen. People in Mineral Springs are very different than people in Nashville. People who live in Washington or in Hope or in in, um, McCaskill are different. McCaskill Christians are different than Nashville, than Mineral Springs, than Talat Christians, than Hope Christians. It's because you just have a different life. You have a different schedule. You have a different... uh, You're not... You're not like... There's not a norm. That's the problem with the word weird in the derogatory sense is we assume there's a norm. But when we say we're all weird, what we mean is we all look different than one another. We sound different. We speak different. We come from different backgrounds. Our checking account looks different. There, some of it's, some of it, for some of us, it's just a jar, right? Just rolled up and shoved in there. Government's not going to get my money, but we are all so we are all so different, and so when he says go into all the nations, he's he's assuming that you're going to go to people who are different than you, and you are going to stick with them. That you are going to be there when they make the decision. Then you are going to make disciple. And making disciples means we're all following this king together. Together as one, together as this weird collective, this weird community of people who who look and sound and dress and act and eat and spend differently. And that is such good news. It's such a beautiful thing. That we can be different. And celebrate that difference as a community of people who are disciples of Jesus. One of the things that is odd to me when someone is um why white, white people in the South are very touchy whenever like we don't want to we don't want to be racist. So sometimes we say things that are um Some of you are like, what's he about to say? (laughs) It'll be fine. I've practiced this. Sometimes we say things that make us even sound crazier and maybe a little less um, racially understanding. And here's the thing we say. You know, I don't even see color. That's how we say it. I don't even see color. I just, I treat everyone the same. That's not true. Unless you actually don't see color, you see color. The, The thing I wish we could start saying, and maybe you should try this one on, is, you know what, I see color and I celebrate it. I see white and brown and black skin. I see people from different heritages and different backgrounds, and I see it fully. And I love it. One of the things that the uh, the writer of uh, the John, the writer of the uh, Revelation, says as a um, a beautiful thing. In when he's writing, talking about heaven, he's talking about how great it is, and the thing he says about it that's so great is then everyone from all nations, from every tribe, every tongue, every language is praising God there together. Skin colors abound, backgrounds abound, and they are praising God. It's not uniformity that they celebrate, it's difference. And that. That, the, that black people and Mexican people and white people have different cultural backgrounds is a beautiful thing. Trying to homogenize it. Homogenize, I, I tried that word, blew it over one. <laughs> Trying to make it all the same is where we make the mistake. It's beautiful that it's different. It's beautiful that it's all nations I always laugh at the uh, that missionaries in the '70s went to Africa and taught people about Jesus, and all of a sudden everyone in Africa started wearing khaki pants to church. <laughs> Why? Why they do that? They don't need khaki pants. They were just fine the way they were. They just needed Jesus. We should celebrate what they were. We go got over here. You need Jesus and pants. That was, but we go into all the nations and we go into all the world and we we are going to stick with people that are different from us and we're going to stick with them because we celebrate their difference. We celebrate their difference. We also, there's also times where we grieve their difference, where they grew up in in a tough spot and that breaks our heart. They really this this part of their life was really hard, and that breaks our heart. But we don't know that until we've sat with them, until we've stuck with them, until we've made disciples with them. Evangelism, and this isn't great news for us sometimes, but evangelism is so hard. But it's like most things that are worthwhile that are very difficult to do. They have these this beautiful outcome of this world where where all tongues and all tribes and all nations are praising God together. And they're not being asked to do it in one language. that They're all doing it in their own. It's not our instinct to celebrate difference. It's not. It's just not... It's not your instinct. You're more comfortable with people that are like you, sound like you, talk like you, you. just It's just your instinct. But God calls us to something bigger and more challenging than that. It's a celebration of differences in the light of a king who died for us all, who rose for us all, who is king of us all. And so we are called to all nations. And all nations are called to us to make dis- decisions in the name of Jesus, to say, I have decided to follow Jesus. And I am still Sticking with you because you made that decision. And that means there's more people linking arms, and that means life sometimes is harder, harder to go along. It's harder to make progress when you when you you're pulling people with you. But it's worth it to show up at the throne together with all our languages, with all our tribes. praise god in one voice praise god in different languages praise god with different skin color and with different backgrounds and different it's going to be beautiful and it's but it's worth the effort it's going to take a lot of effort but it's worth the effort to get to that heavenly ideal hard to evangelize when you don't like the people around you because they're different it's hard to to matter to the kingdom of heaven when the nations bother you we you can tell how much this bothered Anglo-Saxons. We made Jesus white as quick as possible, and he's not. Not even not even in the glowing pictures. Whenever he glowed, apparently on Earth, he glowed. He wasn't. He looked like a brown-skinned man who was looked like everyone else. He wasn't Kenny Loggins in a beauty pageant. Sash and everything. He, he didn't look like us. And he came to make disciples out of us. And so we will go into the world and not just color of skin, but customs and cultures. Just We will go to different people and we will make disciples out of them for his sake because he did that for us, for our sake. And he, we will go into that world and we will celebrate them and stick with them after they make the decision. And we'll stick with them before they make the decision, until they make the decision, through the decision, and through the resurrection. There's no easy fix for this. There's no easy solution to evangelism. There's no easy solution to Disciples, you can have a classes. We're gonna have a discipleship program. We're gonna have classes, and we're gonna train people to be disciples. And we're gonna dis- we're gonna disciples we're gonna shipping them. You know, there's just nothing better than you sitting down with them and sticking with them for the sake of Jesus. All nations, every tongue, every tribe, praising God because we stuck with people long enough to let them see the king who guides our life. If today's the day you want to make a decision, we will stick with you. I promise you, we will stick with you. And walk with you as you become a disciple. But if today's the day that you want to give your life to Jesus, as he says, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Today's the day you want to do that. We will stick with you as you make that decision, as you become a disciple. But If you've got people in your life that you've been working with, on, through, and you haven't stuck with them, the call is out there. The invitation is out there. The response is out there. Whatever you need this morning, please come forward while we stand and sing.